I do have to say that if anybody isn't sure they should do it, they should do it because mm, you won't know I until like you that. get on stage. Just do it. Take chances because that's a fact of life. I yeah, love that, just Renee. do it. Just like pull the pull the plug or get on the plane or I don't know. Russian's not was my first language, so whatever is the. <laughs> Well, hello, everybody. I am Noni. Hi, everyone. My name is Kristen. And this is Best Friends with Benefits. And we're so excited about today's episode. Kristen, tell them what it's going to be. Oh, my gosh. We have the amazing Renee Lovett on the show today. She's an amazing comedian. Um, she just moved back to New York City from L.A. She is single for any of the single guys listening. Ew, so ew, we're going to be covering ew. a lot about how she got into comedy, um, what she's doing now during the pandemic and how she's dealing with dating and all of that too so let's welcome renee on the renee. show renee. hey girl hey <laughs> i love the leopard so love yeah. it love it yeah just keeping in theme you know new york has a vibe everybody's cool i'm like get it together i can't be on sweatpants out here not the theme of love new york it. city exactly <laughs> Chin chin. <laughs> so Ooh. Renee, why don't you give us a little Cliff Notes version of who Renee is for anybody that doesn't know? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's going to be a quick one because we only have what a whole pandemic. So I mean, let's just <laughs> take no time at all. The whole endless pandemic. Whole, like no vaccine. We're going to do this from home for six hundred years. Um, yeah, no. I was born in the good old USSR, which is the former Soviet Union, um, a country that no longer exists, but now is known as Ukraine. And uh, I immigrated as a little kid around five, six years old to San Francisco. Um, they packed me in a suitcase, lost everything but me. And um, that was all very exciting for everyone. And yeah, I grew up in San Francisco in the Bay Area and moved around a lot because immigrants and, you know, nobody spoke English. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Learned to speak English in third grade, and then they shipped me right back to the potato farm for the summer because nobody could afford the YMCA. And uh, I spent my summers in a village in Ukraine, and then my the rest of the school year as like a San Francisco up and coming, you know, immigrant learning to speak English, and then um, went to college up there, and then moved around, you know, doing this or whatever wow. we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever whatever, whatever we're doing, doing whatever this is we're doing here yeah. yeah yeah so that's kind of the quick gist of a history lesson wow yeah yeah and and how and did you start your career <laughs> like what made you choose comedy and why did you go into what you're in right you now know, mm -hmm. I was thinking about this in this time because I haven't like really done you know anything really in this window um, besides complain. And now I'm like, oh, well, I, have to start, <laughs> I have to start figuring out how I want to address some of this, you know, whatever all, stuff, but also personally how, what it really means. But I grew up in a place that's not that far from Chernobyl. Chernobyl was like a big ordeal in my lifetime. I was there. I was, I mean, I was a baby, but like my family, everybody was affected by that. Right. Then this, you know, series came out on HBO and 
I was making a lot of jokes about Chernobyl, like all the lies, all the bullshit, like, oh, we blew up a power plant, whoopsie daisy, you know? And now it's like, oh, okay, this is why comedy happened because it was so traumatic mm-hmm. and comedy is so complicated. It's personal right. and the best comedy comes from trauma, which is why mm-hmm. comedians, ha- you know, I always say don't date a comedian, <laughs> probably mm. including me. but um but yeah I mean I got into it I wanted to I always I always had a lot to say when I was a kid I was the kid with the report card that says you know you talk too much I used to try and wipe that out when I learned English, I was like, I can speak. I live. <laughs> Everyone what to do immediately. And my parents didn't understand. So I would like write things out and then write like best student. <laughs> um, best student. Yeah, A plus plus. Straight A's. Straight A's down the board with white out. But, um, but yeah, and then, you know, I realized I wanted to be in theater and I was a theater major or started to be a theater major in college. And then I studied performance in London. Um, and then I came to New York to do, you know, Shakespeare and like Broadway and be like really, you know, that type of person. And, um, and then that didn't happen for me. I ended up going to LA, um, to, I, you know, worked on something small and then, the trajectory in LA became, you know, very like platinum blonde, you mm. know, I don't know, beach body world. And that wasn't working for me either. And at some point in time, a really good friend put me on a, you know, gave me a mic and put me on a stage in LA um, and at the comedy store actually, which has a documentary wow. coming out in like, yeah, it's coming out in like two That's days. That's an so iconic venue. Yeah, they have a great story. And anyway, and then I realized, wow, I can just really talk shit for uh, like a long time. And nobody will tell me to stop. I mean, they will. You can clean it up. That's but, so like, great. It just, just it became a soapbox and then it actually became fun. And then I realized, you know, there's so many issues you can cover right. with, with laughter. And the best comedy makes you think about everything it makes you question hypocrisy it makes you question your point of view it makes you wonder you know who you really are and like what you really want to believe and how you really want to talk to people and then you're also laughing so yeah I love what you said because I actually I've worked for Jimmy Fallon before I sang at his his children's (laughs) birthday parties and I actually said to him I was like thank you like, thank you for who you are, because the world needs comedians. Like, the world needs to laugh right. during, and this was a couple of years ago, but I mean, even more now. It's like, yeah, laughter sure. heals. Laughter is mm-hmm. so good for your soul. And during this time where there's so many traumatic events happening, we need laughter more than anything. So I it's really love so that you pointed to that. Mm-hmm. It's so therapeutic I mean, it's and it's so important. It's true. Yeah. People need to be like, I mean, whatever, two nights ago, the debates was like, you know, oh it was like two God. old Russian grandmas joking <laughs> about the 
for a borscht recipe. It was like them arguing about who has the best pickle. Mine is best. No, mine is best. I can't beat. No, I can't pickle. Not in the best. Not in the best. And I'm just like, you know what, guys? Someone tell me how to make this fucking soup. I don't care about who has the best beef. Like, just give me the ingredients. I'm not gonna grow cabbage in my overpriced New York apartment. Like, just explain to me the basics. And they were like two old cankerous grandmas. Like, I am not what we're like. I'm trying to make a horse here. Like someone, <laughs> 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 lay it out. <laughs> I just look yes. like I'm turning your so crazy. I cannot. <laughs> I can't either. It actually reminded me of two frat boys too, just like right? going at it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And You're yeah. like, oh my god! Somebody no, answer a question. <laughs> this no, is a, yeah. this is the country we're living in. Okay. Yeah. But you have to laugh. You have to laugh because really, I mean, otherwise you're going to cry. And we're all crying anyway, I guarantee you. Like, we're all For in sure. tears. We're all trying to, like, just keep it together. And it's like, if you aren't, some of it is really not funny. And, you know, at this point, it's just like, it's gotten, it's past the humor mark. And I remember mm-hmm. sometimes I would talk about, you know, the fall of communism or my immigration or, like, my dad not, you know, speaking English and thinking, at what point is this like an issue that isn't funny anymore? Like this is mm-hmm. difficult for a lot of people, but I hope, I just hope we don't lose humor really anywhere because. Yeah. It's so important. It's so it's important. important. Yeah. We've got to keep it's, our sanity that way and keep yeah. laughing that way. Yeah. And you got to say the things that are important and, and make them also a statement, you know, along exactly. the way. Yeah. Well, I love, I love um, that you said that you used it as a soapbox and you, you really, you know, Use it as a way to speak your mind, but also, mm-hmm. you know, infuse the comedy in it too. Yeah. It's really my important. favorite comedians are the ones that have that social commentary or just talk about life and things that we can all relate to. I feel like that's what unites audiences as well. Like the people in the audience that we're all laughing at the same thing, we're all relating to the same backstory and the same childhood traumas and all of that. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the art of stand-up comedy. Like that's literally something that not every, there's a lot of people that are listening right now that swear that they're hilarious, but put them on a stage with like five minutes to fill, to hold an audience. Like where was the point where you knew that you weren't just like, you know, conversationally funny, but you can actually deliver a full set for stand-up? Yeah, I mean, I think Seinfeld says this, you know, comedy is the most honest job you're ever going to have because you just, it just happens in the moment so quickly. And you do, you have such a short window of time to figure it out. Like, you don't know that you're, you don't have an hour to chit chat. You have to get in there and get out. So, I mean, I think it's, it's, I don't know, you just get on stage and then if it works, I mean, you change, everything changes, jokes change, like points of view change, everything just becomes like a work in progress. Always you have nights that you bomb, you have nights that are like the best ever. And you do the same joke and you're like, wait, Mm -hmm. I thought that was funny, but nobody Uh, laughed this time. mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I think, um, 
I don't know. I do. I do have to say that if anybody isn't sure they should do it, they should do it because you won't know until you get on stage. Just do it. Take chances because that's a fact of life. Yeah, just do it. Just like pull the pull the plug or get on the plane or I don't know. Russian's not was my first language. So whatever is the the (laughs) phrase. I'm like get on. Take the leap. Take the leap. Ride a wing. I don't know. (laughs) Get on the (laughs) plane. I mean, there's a lot of phrases you could say. Yeah, but I think just like do it, try it. And you'll know, like that's the thing is you don't know yourself, but you'll know because the audience will tell you. Like I didn't Mm. know that I I could do that, but the audience will respond and you'll get enough responses. You'll also know how it makes you feel. Like if you think you're funny, but you haven't been funny to a group of people waiting for you to be funny, they're just like sitting there like, make me laugh, you know? And you're like, that kind of, if that feeling, like it's either going to feed you or it's going to be like, I'm never, ever going to do that again. So if you don't, you know, if you don't try it, you won't really know. But the truth is the audience will be honest. Like you'll... Mm you'll get more honesty than you think you will. And most likely you'll, you'll be able to gauge like how much laughter you can. And also, you know, location matters, you know, in LA I have to explain every joke. Yeah. That's my five minutes. It's like, you have to- <laughs> and this is the explanation. And then I got off stage in New York. Yeah. It's like, and then I'm like, did everybody get it? Yeah, exactly. It's you like, know, you have to- different you speak to the audience that you're with and, and kind of read the room. Yeah. And yeah. It's all depends. That. Yeah. I mean, it's so different now, but like, I mean, Dave Chappelle does, there's a lot of this middle America stuff where you're like, okay, let's talk about, you know, alcoholism. And that yeah. has to be funny, even though, is it? <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's like anything, you just have to kind of, I don't know, read the room and, and see what you can do. And, cross your fingers and hope somebody went home laughing, but you probably are going to push some buttons and some people are not going to like what you say. And that's a whole other problem we're living with now where it's like, everything is controversial. Everything's a problem. Everything is taken out of context or even in Mm. context, you're not sure. But I think we have to remember that like, you can really gauge the core of a person pretty quickly. You can really know someone. I mean, Chris and I, we like we're new besties, but like you can gauge so quickly whether this person is coming from a good place. Like mm, you're right. gonna snap boo in a conversation or in a comedy or in whatever so many times, but you can know if that person is coming from a good place. And wow, if they're not, that's also obvious. They're usually gonna tell you that. You know what I mean? So I love that. Love- that's true in life. It's so yeah. true in life. I'd love to know if you have ever had a heckler in the audience and how, if you did, how did you deal with it? Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely had some hecklers a lot of times. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times they say something stupid, you know, towards women. It's usually the hecklers are, with women are usually the guys that will say women aren't funny. So those guys will usually go into a comedy club and be like, you're too hot for, you know, whatever. It's that kind of, or I don't know. It's usually something physical or something. I mean, with that, it just depends on like the audience and where you are and you just respond. Um, But I think I definitely had some interesting ones that had, you know, 
Trump commentary early in the election four years ago when I used to be like, you know, my material on Putin and I would like wear my Russian hat and be like, hey, everybody, we're taking this election. The Russians, <laughs> that's who's taking it. Are you paying attention? Like we're telling you, the Russians are telling you. And people would be really, you know, I mean, it was like everybody was split in 2016 compared to now. I can't even... I'm like dying to get back on stage because I can't mm. even, I think one of the worst, like one of the biggest losses is that comedians, I mean, comedians are on Zoom, but you're not reaching as many yeah. audiences and we want to address some of this stuff. And like, it's so important because it's just, it, it's so polarizing, but like, we want to hear people responding to us because we can't really tell unless they are, you know? Yeah. So. That was my next question. Um, have you done any performances on zoom or have you done anything during the pandemic? Yeah. Well, here's what I learned real quick. I am not a zoom comedian. <laughs> like I just, I think you are. You're throwing great. Oh <laughs> But when they're I would like come to your of like faces and they're just like staring at you in technology, it's like whatever the Truman Show, it's like whatever sci fi <laughs> movie. I'm not a sci fi person. I just was like, I don't know what realm I'm, where am I? Like, should I be making jokes about Mars? Like, I just couldn't, <laughs> could not fathom like what I was supposed to do. And like, people would do weird things like, have like fake mics or like I'm gonna do this with a remote control and I just was like I'm uh, I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> is this I don't know I just couldn't quite I mean in the beginning it was a little bit fun it was kind of like oh this new thing that you're gonna try like we all were with our friends on zoom and then by like you know between March like 15th and March 25th we were like we're over <laughs> Where is the world? Where can we, what can we do? Like it was a month and we were out. But yeah, I did a few things. I wasn't crazy about it because you can't hear anybody laugh. And then the laugh is like, you can, but if they open the mics, it's too loud. If they don't, it's, you can't hear yourself. You know, it's all that random. So it's just like, like it's like technology is amazing, but for like three best friends. <laughs> Not great for, <laughs> not great for a comedy show. People. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. why did you, um, so what made you move to LA? So you're from the USSR and then you yeah. grew up in New York. Did you grow up in New York and then move to LA and then you moved I, back recently? Yeah, I grew up in San Francisco, but oh, I lived right. in New York. Um, I came to New York like uh, 10 years ago and I... Uh, loved it and I was also like so young and everything was so fun but like you know this will age me but that's fine but there was like no uber no lyft no apps no nothing oh, yeah. and we were like running outside and then try catching a cab in the middle of a snowstorm in like high heels and I remember thinking when I got the call for work in LA I thought oh yeah like I'm gonna go to LA I'm never gonna run in the snow again like what the hell and then mm -hmm you know, things change. Like New York's a different, I mean, obviously pre-pandemic, but like New York's a different city now. It's everything is actually easier, which people don't realize when you're like a New Yorker complaining, but in mm -hmm. general, it is easier than it was a decade ago. Um, but yeah, I lived in LA for a decade, which is a decade too long. Um, but if you're curious, go check it out. But it was definitely time to go. I also, <laughs> I just am not, I, I don't know, you know, but, um, 
but yeah. And then I was moving basically like in the middle of March, I was moving. Um, and I was coming here to work on a one woman show and then all this happened and everything shut down and somewhere in the middle, uh, LA just got just real lonely and it's a weird place. Like you get in and out of your car. There's no, like the interactions mm. are very, you don't feel right. like, like outside people are like yeah. hiking by themselves oh, in their right. cul-de-sac of Malibu. Mm. You'll never see a human, you know, which oh, felt wow. good in April, but did not feel good in September. You're like, are there people like where is the world? <laughs> the post-apocalypse. Yeah. It just felt too, like, I don't know, but I, yeah. And I decided, well, I don't know, at some point I'm just have to make this move. And I just started packing. I had no idea what it was like. I had no idea where I was going to live. I really don't. It's not like anybody has a job yet. Uh, you know, whoever's listening, like if you need any commentary, <laughs> I'll do it. But like, nobody knows. <laughs> about anything but I just it's really it became very much kind of leap of faith it was very much Mm -hmm. like I'm just gonna take a chance on this I know I want to be there I know I have single friends in town I know people are like there's open there's like open seating outside seating there are humans in the world I mean Kristen talked about we talked about this a little bit because I listened to your first and I have a lot of friends who you know, got married, had kids, now drag their kids to like Seattle or somewhere quote unquote safer. But your Mm -hmm. friendships do change when everybody decides, you know, they're grown up and they want to move on with their lives, which I'm, you know, Kristen and I are en route. We'll get there. We're not. (laughs) We know we're looking. And if we don't find them, we'll marry each other and we'll we'll just be fabulous. But all of you can move into my um, place. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't know. I have a <laughs> um, But oh, yeah, God. I just, it just changes so much. Your friendships change, that world changes. And then in a pandemic, when everybody is like with their husbands and with their it's kids, really lonely. It's so lonely and it's like, oh, I want to be where people like where I have single friends or where people are still like trying to even get on an app or I don't know, just something that's outside of the realm of like, I picked a person and this person and my kids and I are like, that's it. (laughs) So it gets hot. It got it got to that stage for me where I was like, I'm going to just going to go. And now I'm here and I'm like, I can't believe, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, literally, oh. like, I don't even know the neighborhood I'm living in. I just, I'm like, where is everything, anything, anything. But it's also, it's also made me feel alive and mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time. Like, I think we all shut down so quickly because it was like survival and we just like nothing normal was happening anymore. But I think for me, I lost so much of like that adrenaline of like oh my god on stage or You're like so recreating me right now. It's like that <laughs> feeling first dates, you know, or like anything scary, auditions, like uh, you know, whatever all of that stuff that like makes you I mean you guys are saying it's like just getting in front of an audience, like all of that stuff that makes you feel scared. And right. in a good way, it just reminds you, you were like, alive. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Right. Like we were scared in not a good way. We were scared in like, what, <laughs> what is happening? Um, but I just, I think taking that kind of chance for me was like, oh, I have to remember that I'm still here. Like we're still here. 
and it, that's I got on a plane and was like I literally texted her she was like I'm here I live here now she was like what yeah yeah it was oh, a long baby. time coming anyway that was a long-winded answer but that's pretty much all of it <laughs> what I really that love and I, I hear it in everything you say, and you said it before. Um, if you're curious, just do it. It's such a great way to live by. I yeah. wonder if, like, it seems like you were such a transplant growing up and going from place to place and just having to adapt. Do you think that that kind of lent into mm -hmm. that mentality of like, if you're curious, just do it? Yeah, you know, it's funny, I'm always interested in like dualities and people's relationship to their families compared to, you know, say current times or growing up in a different country or growing up with like different points of view. But my parents are so what would be considered like conservative and traditional and they have a lot of rules and they're very, you know, they're very Russian and they have all of this like, you know, control that they come with. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, like, why did, it shouldn't surprise you that both your kids went into the arts and went completely in, like, a, a direct, like, mm. they wanted doctors and lawyers. I'm like, you guys left a country with no language, no help, no, like, you knew nothing. You had no technology. You had no, like, you know, Google Translate. You had nothing. Mm -hmm. And you got on that plane. You, like, you were the first. Took a risk. Chance takers. Yeah. Like, took a big, big risk. And yep. that, I think that's like, I don't know, but to me, I'm like, that's genetic. Like you guys did it first and now right. you're mad that we're doing it, but we're going <laughs> to do it because that's, you guys are taking it to the next level too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think they'll never really want to admit that, but I think they were the first to do it and we watched mm. them do it and we watched that struggle pay off, you mm. know? So when a struggle pays off, you're always going to be like, oh, well, well, I'm going to try this. Like why, am I, you know, and I think it just. I don't know. Yeah. I just have always felt like it's always worth it to try because yeah. what, what's good, what, like what they could have got. I mean, what's the worst? Everything changed after they left anyway. They could have just gone back to Russia. Yeah. So it's like if you don't try and you're just going to sit there and wonder. Yeah. I really hear like doing, taking a risk and doing something that you're passionate about and something that you love because. Like you said, it's like you could end up being old and like whatever, we're all gonna get old anyway. So you might as well like try something that you love. And if you fail, you fail, but at least you can say, I tried. And sometimes when you keep failing and failing, that's where the learning comes in. Like when you were saying about the audience thing, it's just like, okay, you learn how to make your joke better when you're not getting a response or you know what works with this audience might not work with this audience, but it's all like trial and error. And like, that's how you're learning and growing as a comedian, as an artist, as a person. I think it can be said for really anything. It's like always growing and learning from the failure or for the, for, from the risks that you're taking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's all these, there are all these studies. I mean, what have we been doing in the pandemic? I've been just like reading random psychological studies. I'm like, <laughs> how to be a better person. <laughs> but like there are all these psychological studies about you know people's happiness levels when they take chances and they did all these experiments with people on subways where they said like oh just say hello to a stranger and see how it makes you feel and the anxiety you feel about just doing that simple thing is so much 
like it's so unfounded because usually the stranger will respond in kind and then you've like started a conversation and the people getting off those trains who took the chance to just say hello Mm. just came out of those like places being so much happier on a morning commute which is annoying regardless and there's just so much to be said about like that's just a simple act but I so believe in like new connections and new friends and like building your your relationships with the new relationships and like Mm. creating these like it's a it's building blocks of life versus like you just you know you have a plateau or whatever you know the foundation but like you just you have to build on it and I think that's you know taking those chances and like taking those leaps like really what's going to happen to you on the subway if somebody's going to be like I'm reading this book I don't want to talk to you and you're like okay cool like there's no like the consequences are always so much bigger in our minds I think so right yeah it's always worth it but anyway apparently happiness factor if you just say hello to a stranger I love that I love to talk about dating Well, Kristen, you have that's a, a good segue into that's the next question. Strangers. I think it's so interesting. You like earlier you said never date a comedian, but you are hot to trot. So let's talk about it. Like what type of man does Renee? She only like? dates celebrities and she only dates <laughs> people that are in the food business. <laughs> really? Okay. So Give Renee us that food. food. Yeah, food, food. I yeah. love food. I love to, you know, I just love, I mean, I'm just a so I love social life. So that's, you know, I obviously celebrate. And she loves eating and drinking. Obviously. Yes, exactly. I think social, <laughs> but do I like a drink? Yes. <laughs> social. Do you have a checklist um, of what you like in a guy or is it just like based on the connection that you have, there's no type? There's definitely no type. I always joke about like wanting to do a lineup of the guys I've dated and they're all so different. Like none of them look remotely like they're good. Diversity is my lineup of dating. It's like (laughs) from everywhere I have probably been like people you wouldn't think Samoans or like, you know, like just like locations of like small islands in Tonga, you know, like just like definitely places that would like maybe surprise someone but yeah there's definitely been like a ginger in the mix you know a prince (laughs) william type there's been like yeah throw in a there's been like you know they'll be like i don't know i dated this like german stunt coordinator which was like out of nowhere but he's like half asian it's like just every it'll be like every you're taking leaps everywhere (laughs) no i love it yeah so i don't have like a list i mean now the list changed a little because now it's like i think for a while it's fun to say like ignorance is bliss and like i'm just having fun it's not that fun anymore it's like if you're kind of like neither here nor there on some of these issues if you don't understand what's going on in the world that's a problem now Mm -hmm. i maybe would have turned that into a joke before but now it's like it's not funny like now we can't like you know, just have a salad instead. Now it's like, excuse me. Now it's like, Why excuse me, I need to go. To go. Yeah. No, I, it's the same thing. I, I literally matched with someone on Bumble during the pandemic. I started talking to him in the first conversation. I found out he supports Trump and that was the last time I talked to him. So it's like, <laughs> I yeah. am very clear about 
what I'm looking for. And he was yeah. hot as hell. That's the thing is like, that's what I'm saying about you kind of can gauge like, you know, there's just something to be said about like decency, kindness, like yes. basic, like in, just, just understanding of like doing something for someone else, all of that stuff. And if, if politically and like whatever, however you're going to take this in, if you can't figure out the difference between those two things. I think, or like the polarizing effects we're in right now, mm -hmm. I think in life, you can't have that kind of life partner because what no. stops that person from being mean to you or from exactly. bullying your kids together or, oh, from, yeah. you know, like the issues we're seeing now, I'm like, yeah, but those are going to be the issues in your home, you know, yeah, like a, exactly. control or like it's, overreacting, right. like everything is like, if that's what you're seeing and you're supporting, then that's who you are. Yeah, and it's no longer just like, oh, I support the Republican Party or whatever. It's like the fact that we're in where we're in is just like it makes such a difference. It's like you yeah. can't be with that unless you're on the no. same page. It's yeah. never going to work. And I mean, I joke about this joke about this all the time, but it's not really a joke anymore where it's like people complain about a two party system or writing in a candidate. I'm like, you know, but writing in a candidate is like that's just having a system where people vote is great. I came from a system where we didn't have that. We, Russia still doesn't have that. Nobody gets a vote. Nobody knows anything about anything. One person controls the whole thing. You don't, it's like, we don't want that. We want to have debates. We want to have conversations. We want to have different points of view on an issue. That's mm -hmm. why everybody should be voting. But the point is everybody should be voting. Like, okay, you disagree. Great. Like, let's bring back the system where that meant something and where those disagreements were valid and interesting, not just mean. Because now they're just mean. And that sucks. Mm -hmm. that, that reminds yeah. me of the USSR. People are just mean Ooh. to each other. Why? Because yeah, you don't get an opinion. Mm -hmm. You when you don't get an opinion, you just become like everything, you know, you just lose yourself and you're mad at the world. So, you know, don't let them take that away. Vote. 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 Guys are Russian. Who knows? <laughs> and that's definitely, that's basically it. I feel like the country has lost a little bit of decorum and consideration. And I think it's because of who the leader is right now and how they conduct themselves. It's just feeling, and you see all the videos of just people being so nasty to each other. It's just you know, the snake rots at the head, really. And I have stopped villainizing someone just because they're Republican or whatever it is. If you support Trump as a whole other thing, that was a situation. But yeah. same, same. <laughs> to me, though, Trump is not even like, there are so many Republicans that don't even support or want to be a part of what Trump is doing. So it's just, I feel like we've stopped listening to each other and stop having those really um, complicated and honest discourses. If it's just like, oh, you believe that? I don't even want to hear your opinion because you're wrong and you're evil or bad. Um, but the being nice to each other, it just starts there. Just listen to each other. Just, you know, be cordial. Uh, and we can actually get somewhere where we all yeah. are happy. Yeah, there's a lot of this, like, you're wrong dialogue. And I listened to your guys' last, mm. you know, and it, there's so much to be said about, like, no one is wrong or right. Like, if you can acknowledge everybody else, like, everybody's presence and everybody is a human and everybody's responding in different ways, this whole thing where everybody knows everything is really irritating because the point is none of us know a thing. We don't know 
we have only so much information and you are never going to have it all. And you're only going to know so much about one topic that comes from your family or that you grew up around or an issue that means something to you. Like you can speak to that, but you don't know every answer to every angle, to every question. And this, this whole like blanket statement, I know more than you is just, it takes away like your ability to learn yourself and other people to teach you something. And I just think it's so important to like keep asking each other questions and keep pushing mm -hmm. each other friendships to like be better versions of yourself. Talk about friends with benefits. I mean, that's the point is like, you have to really, because our friends I think now have become our family. Everything changed so much. And they maybe have been in the past, but everything we thought was guaranteed isn't our job. We lost our jobs. We lost our apartments. We lost, you know, so we lost some friends. So the people you're choosing now are so much like they're so important and they're so much bigger in your world. And I mean, I even get emotional thinking about it because like this move is like without these friends, like I couldn't do it. I wouldn't right. be able before well, you could be able that. to like. Yeah, exactly. Like I used to be able to do it like, I'll do anything. I got this. I can do it on my own. And now it's like, you just need, you know, you need that tribe. You need your people and you need to like push. We all need to push each other to be bigger than ourselves because otherwise we're just going to get into this like spiral of just pettiness and it's not good. Oh, Chrissy, you have any I more I love you, Renee. <laughs> You're my favorite. Can I just say thank you? Thank you having me and also it's just like so inspiring to see anyone I know I mean you, you and I haven't officially met but I'm sure we will but like it's so I'm, I'm like pointing it like you can tell who I'm <laughs> digital I told you I'm not can't I'm not a zoom comedian um but I just I just it's really nice to see everybody like taking on something that's so you know just points of view and exciting things and your friendship is inspiring and it just excites me to know that like people are there for each other and you know that we're all here to laugh a little bit and to drink a little bit and to cheers a little bit and to just be to have all and friends. find our husbands a little bit oh yeah a little bit yeah I just love the laughter you brought to this episode but they were so many like life gems that you use for comedy, but things that you can live by, which, you know, that is the purpose of this show is just to make everybody's life a little bit happier, a little bit easier. So listen, tell everyone where they can find you, where they yes. can follow you. Uh, yeah, Instagram is at Renee Lovett, um, Facebook's all the whatever other technologies. Um, I think that's pretty much it. You know, wherever people find people now, I'm probably there. <laughs> yeah. And if you have any shows coming up or anything. Yeah, know. I mean, I'm working on this one woman show, which I'll start to do some posts about. Um, it's basically all of my life stories based around the history of potatoes. So that should be interesting. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, awesome. if I can give you a gem for anything, it's probably with a potato. I can probably tell you how to cure any medical <laughs> <laughs> and how to cook a couple of recipes. Yeah. Um, nice. So that'll be coming out. I'll probably start doing some promos for that um and then yeah i'm gonna try and do some outdoor shows out here like in the parks and whatnot somebody tell yeah, me where they are <laughs> oh my gosh absolutely do that we'll broadcast live from it get you some yes. virtual audience you don't have to yes. deal with that <laughs> that would be amazing but renee you were so great kristen Yay. thank you so much 
for introducing us and having her on the show. I hope you guys have enjoyed this gem-filled, funny-as-hell episode with this incredible woman. Make sure that you follow her everywhere and follow Best Friends with Benefits for yes. more. Yes. All right, make sure you follow us on Instagram, BF with Benefits Podcast. We also have a YouTube channel. So if you want to see the visual to this episode, go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to get the notification whenever we upload.